Mini-episode 1583 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late-night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1583. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris with you and one of our favorite FDH Lounge Dignitaries is on today to talk hockey. My good pal, Russ Cohen, the proprietor at Sportsology, and of course, co-author with myself and Ben Chu of the top 75 players in pro basketball history. But uh, today, we are here to talk hockey. We've got the NHL All-Star break coming up, and uh, we're going to take a look at the, uh, the first half plus of the season, do a little bit of a preview for the uh, stretch run coming up here, uh, things that we're expecting from this point on. But uh, Russ, always great to have you in, my man. How you doing today, buddy? Good, Rick. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It, uh, we got a little bit of sad news here at the outset to get to, and uh, it would be passing of Bobby Hall, one of the game's great legends. And uh, time was, uh, and, and maybe this would still be the case, I don't know, debatable, but whether or not uh, he would be on a Mount Rushmore for the game of hockey, uh, certainly a very a notable figure for everything that he did on the ice, and uh, arguably the greatest off-ice story in the history of hockey in terms of helping to legitimize the WHA. I know that's mm-hmm. actually, uh, Chris Jericho has made that comparison in recent years about him being the Brett Hall of, pro, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Bobby Hall of Pro Wrestling with uh, going to <laughs> AEW and pumping up the, uh, the salaries and everything like that because, as he pointed out, his dad, Ted Irvine, got to make more money. Everybody made more money in yep. the aftermath of what uh, Bobby Hall did, breaking up what was then essentially a monopoly as far as top-level hockey. But uh, on ice, off ice, hugely important. Yeah, so, you know, obviously a mixed bag because off ice, uh, sure. he, had some, he had issues. And yes. issues that are, you know, deplorable. So yes. I, I'm not going to ignore those. As far as a player, yeah, he, he would be on Mount Rushmore. Uh, but as far as the NHL sees it, which I totally understand, he wouldn't be allowed to be on it because, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things, the optics, you can't do it. So, so there's that. Uh, yeah, I saw Bobby Hall play when I was a kid. I would say eh, somewhere in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I know 72 is sort of when I got in the game, but I, you know, I had Bobby Hall hockey at home like we all did back then. And yeah, the thing about Bobby Hall that was amazing, I, I brought this up is, you know, for one thing, he had great strength. He wasn't like a brute like mm-hmm. Gordy, but, but he was probably close to being as strong as Gordy with not, without being as big. Sure. Uh, so there's that. He, he used hay bales to, to work out with, and that's not to work out with. That was like his, his thing to work out, but he was working on the farm. So, like, that, and that was common for those days. I mean, I, um, I had spoken to hockey players that worked in, like, the coal mines that worked – farms, sod farms, all those things, and you get great strength out of that over time. So he didn't go to, like, uh, you know, any kind of fancy gold's gym or anything. He went and did that. 
So there was that. And there was also uh, the fact that he was a really fast skater. Mm-hmm. And so back in the day, popular mechanics had theorized um, for mathematics and watching him and doing other things, uh, not actually measuring them, that he skated somewhere around 29.7 miles per hour, something wow. like that. I had the numbers earlier, but if I'm a little off, you'll have to deal with it. And so like today, Conor McDavid skates around 25.4, like at, okay. his, at his top speed. And we had Kevin Allen on the show, you know, has been around even longer than me. And so when I said to him, I said, you know, my theory is being that, you know, the measurements probably are a little off for, for those days. And um, he didn't have as good a skates, clearly, as David would have now. You know, you take it all into account, and I would put Bobby Hall into that class of speed. He might not be as fast as McDavid, but he's right there. And Kevin Allen agreed. He he thought that that was the case. So you know, you got to remember a guy with back then with that kind of speed, that kind of shot, deadly. That is incredible. It really is uh, that that he could be measured at that kind of a point that uh, would even pop a little bit more so than some of the guys today. Like you said, that that is really incredible. He, even if the, the radar gun may not have been fully accurate or anything like that. No, it's like not that. even a radar gun. They were using, you know, like probably a slide rule and doing what they did like with NASA, but with, with him. They didn't even use a radar gun with him, apparently. That's what Kevin said. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I was going to say, I mean, maybe like Michael Scott on The Office where he's like running past a car going down the street and they try and manually calculate it. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, that is really incredible what he was able to do and uh yeah an incredible incredible career and uh somebody where like you said because of some of the uh subsequent off ice stuff in later years i think the league is going to be treading carefully on uh, how much uh, he is uh, kind of venerated coming out of that and probably justifiably so but uh in looking at uh, the stretch run here uh, for the NHL, uh, we have up on the main page at FantasyDraftHelp.com our 2023 FDH NHL stretch run breakdown, and I'm going to be referring to that from time to time as we go through looking at the different divisions here, just kind of seeing what's up with uh, how they all shake out, and uh, starting as we generally do with the Atlantic Division. This is one where uh, you, you could look at it and you could say that uh, there would be a, a decent degree of surprise vis-a-vis Buffalo being up a little bit more than people might have expected, Florida being down a little more than some people might have expected, albeit Florida is squarely in the playoff picture right now and clearly has the talent where they should be in no matter what. But uh, the one thing that, again, I, I think if anybody said this at the beginning of the year, they were lying because I wasn't picking up on this anywhere. Uh, Boston being far and away the best team in the league at this point. And by the way, the metrics on our stretch run breakdown uh, show it. Uh, first in the league, uh, not just in our power rankings, but SRS, penalty kill percentage, save percentage, goals against, and uh, top five in everything except for the Fenwick four percentage, which is sixth. So just an, an unbelievable historic run that they have been on to this point in the season. And uh, again, at a point in time when it looked like maybe the best years of the run that they had been on might have been behind them. I certainly thought so. I had them as a borderline playoff team coming into the year. Yeah, so two years ago I picked them out. That didn't happen. This year I did pick them in. That is going to happen. No, I did not pick them to be the best team in the league or even close to it. So I just knew they'd be improved because they had Krejci back. I 
the, the biggest thing that they did that nobody else has is when they added Hampus Lindholm. Yeah. So they ad- they added another number one, and then I knew McAvoy would probably come back ahead of schedule because that's the way McAvoy is. So I'm like, you know, they're going to have Lindholm to cover, and then when they have both of them in there, I mean, that's going to be really formidable. Like, there's very few teams in this era that have two guys like that, you know, like, you know, early in the 90s, you know, the Rangers had Leach and Zuboff, two yeah. Hall of Fame uh, defensemen now. This isn't two Hall of Famers, but Lindholm is a hell of a defenseman. So that's, you know, that's that was a thing that I knew was a big advantage for them, and it's a big advantage for them going into the playoffs, too. It definitely is, and the defensive identity has been key to them this entire decade-plus run that they have been on. And, uh, again, let me gravy train a little bit here as I bring up another uh, possible combo we could be talking about. Uh, Lidstrom and Konstantinov. (laughs) 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 You knew I was going to go there. But but, uh, Boston is, uh, again, just uh, really, really dominant at this point. I mean, it just seems like they could go on cruise control probably to uh, win the division at this point, uh, as we are taping this, an 11-point lead in the Atlantic. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay right there, looking like they could be squaring up for another memorable first-round showdown. And then uh, Buffalo, Florida kind of battling. My Red Wings... Well, hold on, are... you're, you're saying memorable. I mean, they're not memorable anymore for Leafs fans. They don't want to face them in the first round. Like... No, they don't. Last year was, though. Last year, and I'm trying yeah. to remember, I think I might have picked them because I, I I felt like it felt a little bit different last year. And I tell you, I mean, they came closer last year than they generally do. I mean, I know if you're in Toronto, it doesn't uh, give you any consolation. But la- last yeah, I mean, year... They were, they were up in the series, you know, they... It felt a little different watching it, even if it ended the same way. Didn't it feel a little different to you? Uh, it did until it didn't. But, <laughs> but now, and, and, you know, and we're, and we're talking about Tampa, right? Uh, well, with so, the, yeah, with Toronto and Tampa, I mean, that's... Yeah, that, and, that, and it's likely to happen again. Yeah. And I thought Tampa, I picked Tampa to not make the playoffs, and they're going to make it easily. So whether it's Boston or Tampa playing Toronto, they're in trouble. Toronto's in trouble, no matter how good they are in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're they're guilty until proven innocent, uh, to be sure. And that's something that they're going to have to face. But uh, it looks like all three of them are going to be comfortably above uh, having to get one of the two wild card spots uh, in the East. You've got, uh, again, Buffalo, Florida, my Red Wings, way at the periphery of it, barely sort of there for one of the two spots. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to be there. Mathematically you know plausible, but no, I agree with you. Not going to be there in the end. And that was my pick. I picked them to come close but not make it this year. Looks like I'm going right. to be right on that one. Uh, in the Metropolitan Division, uh, again, your Rangers uh, hanging in there uh, pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Carolina, my preseason pick to win it all. Uh, they are uh, looking pretty sharp at this point here. Yeah, uh, yep, they were my pick from the Metro to get to the Cup, too. So, yeah. They, uh, they're pretty strong. Uh, sort of the Boston of this division, if you will, but from the other direction, I guess, would be New Jersey, because that's something uh, nobody saw them at this point of the season having 68 points uh, before the season. Anybody that no. says they saw that's a liar. Yeah, no, nobody did. Um, I didn't pick them for the playoffs. Nope, me neither. I thought I thought Columbus was getting Woodrow <laughs> and everything. Well, me but then too. They, got, they got destroyed in the first month of the season with everything. Yeah. And so they and now they're minus 66 in differential. So uh, that was never going to happen. Uh, 
I picked the Islanders to miss, which still could happen, yeah. even after the Bo Horvat trade. Although I, you know, it's going to help them, but they're really bankrupting their their farm system and everything else. There, um, you know, the thing is, when you boil it down, either the Penguins or the Capitals are going to have to flop in the uh, stretch run here for the Islanders to make it, and that's also saying that you know the Panthers won't move up, which right now they've not had a great season. I mean, I. I I worry about them and the Sabres, if they make a move, you never know, like they could stay in it for a while. So, you know, this is, you know, essentially three other teams, maybe four of the teams, the Islanders have to deal with. And as an example, the Penguins have three games in hand on the, uh, on the Islanders and they're already two points up on them. So, you know, that's a thing. The Capitals are three points up on them and they played the same amount of games. So now the Penguins have a problem because Jerry is hurt right now. Nobody knows how long he'll be out. Uh, that could cause a big problem for the Penguins. But right now, they've been weathering the storm. So who knows? The Capitals are playing a little better than that. And the Sabres, for a time, were averaging three to four goals a game, most in the NHL. So even after the Horvath trade, the Islanders have big-time work to do. Again, every time, like February 17th, they play the Penguins. I think it's February 17th. Mm-hmm. They have to win that game. Yeah. They can't give up two points that late in the season now to the Penguins and expect to beat them out for a spot. If they lose that game, then it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, maybe we'll catch the Capitals or the Sabres or the Penguins have to lose like, you know, seven in a row, which I guess without Jerry might be possible. But again, that's a lot of hoping. And so Lou has really put out a lot of assets here for hope. He's going to sign Bo Bo Horvat, but unfortunately they're not going to get him cheap because Bo Horvat's having the best year of his life, which he probably won't be able to replicate. And they're going to end up paying him more money than, than he's worth. The same as uh, J.G. Pajot, who's a good player. But again, you know, he's, he's getting way overpaid. That's what happens in these trades. Yes, you get to keep the guy for all the bounty that you gave up so you can justify it. But the problem is you've got to pay that guy top of the market value or he's going to UFA. Yeah, So, exactly. you know, that's where you lose uh, on the cap side. And they already have cap trouble. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to exacerbate the cap issues. You're right about that. Uh, by the way, to clarify on what I said about uh, New Jersey, when I said the opposite direction from Boston uh, for New Jersey, it was that I didn't think they were ready yet, as a lot of people did. Right. For Boston, I thought maybe they were starting to be maybe a little bit on the tail end of their run, or at least a little bit of a dip before they could get it going again. Uh, but yeah. in the case of New Jersey, it's the, they boy, especially early in the season, they looked way ahead of schedule. And overall, on the first half of the season, they have looked ahead of schedule. As far as well, I'm worried about New Jersey's goaltending, and I'm still yeah. not in love with it. But, um, you know, somebody who I take great pride in the fact that he's doing great is Jack Hughes, because for a year and a half, people were killing me that, what did you see in him? Are you sure he's actually good? Could he be a bust? You know, and I kept telling him ready to chill out. <laughs> and in the last year and a half, his numbers have been staggering, like really staggering. I mean, you know, right now, He's got um, 64 points in 49 games. Mm-hmm. And and I want to say the second half of the season is when he did a lot of scoring last year where he had 56 points in 49 games. Yeah. So you, you start figuring out the points per game from that, it's pretty unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, nobody worries about his, his build or his, or his height anymore. That's gone away. Exactly. And for all the stuff about Hughes, uh, as somebody who long touted Justin Fields, I feel you on that one. Sometimes it takes a while to be uh, vindicated in your yes. opinions on things. But uh, as far as it goes with Jerry, this is kind of just kind of a random thing. 
But I just happened to be wearing my Red Wings gear into a Walmart the other day, and the clerk behind yeah. the counter is chatting with me. And I'm not really much of a hockey fan, but if I was, I'd be a Penguins fan because I like the Steelers. And he goes, I think the thing with the Penguins is they need to get a taller goalie. And I just was like, yeah, oh. that, that couldn't hurt. So just thought you'd be interested to know what the man on the street is saying about the Pittsburgh goaltending situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think the man on the street needs to stay on the street. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that he likes hockey, but beyond that, that's yeah, all right. I just, I was, I'm, I'm trying to be polite. I'm like, yeah, it couldn't hurt I if know. he was a little taller. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a little amusing interaction. But uh, in the uh, Central Division, uh, interesting to see uh, at the top here, uh, albeit uh, narrowly over Winnipeg, but really two surprise teams if you look at it. I was going to say Dallas, a little bit of a surprise being at the top, but then. Uh, Winnipeg as well, and uh, they're a team that, uh, again, I really haven't given up on. I was very high on them a couple of years ago, and uh, again, they're having a nice bounce-back season here. To the surprise of a lot, a lot of people right now, uh, Colorado having a very rough go of it uh, coming off of that uh, cup defense. Uh, still, you know, going to make the playoffs clearly and, and probably won't have to resort to a wild card to do so either. They're right on Minnesota's heels in the division. Uh, St. Louis is looking a little long in the tooth here at this point. Arizona and Chicago are what they are. So, uh, and then Nashville's kind of like right in the middle there. So the Central, as always, is very interesting. There's never a year when the Central isn't interesting. True. Um, if Colorado starts getting players back, though, they're going to be the force we, we thought they could be uh, this year. And that seems like that's going to happen. Uh, Alexander Georgiev, I don't think there's any question he could be a number one. I never questioned it because I saw him enough as a uh, as a backup. And he wasn't a great backup. He was just great when, like, Lundqvist was out and he had to take over for eight games or something like that. So Georgiev uh, looks fine. The team is, is hanging in there. They're, um, they're doing better lately. And look, it's a little weak. I mean, Calgary, Calgary's got all kinds of problems. Like Daryl Sutter's now, um, doing something which I think is great, by the way. He is going to travel with the Wranglers of the AHL, uh, on their road trip. And okay. he's going to check out players and sort of scout the players. I do think with this time off, a lot of coaches should do that with their team so they could really get firsthand, uh, knowledge of what's in the system. But, you know. Surprising, Daryl Sutter wants to do that, and he is, and, and I guess he's doing that because, hey, they don't have a lot of money to spend, and they're right on the cusp of being knocked out of the playoffs, uh, something that probably no, none of us thought was going to happen. Nashville, I didn't pick for the playoffs. I don't really believe in them. They do have some games in hand. I, I think if it falls on UC Sowers' shoulders, it's not enough. I just, I don't I don't love them as a goalie, but I, I get it. They When they're playing right and you know, they're scoring goals and their defense is right. He, he can be really good, but I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, St. Louis, look, they proved this all wrong before, so I can't count them dead. And they're not going to trade Tarasenko or Ryan O'Reilly until they kind of feel in their heart that they're dead. Right. So there is a little bit of opportunity for them. The Kings could fall out of first place, a third place, rather. We know that. Yeah. Um, you know, the Knights are safe, and I think Seattle is safe. Seattle, um, did enough uh, with additions of players, you know, mm-hmm. starting with like Burakovsky. Uh, they got Matty Beniers in the draft, who I think is going to win the Calder. I, I picked him as my preseason guy. Uh, he's been great. Goaltending's been better than expected. Defense better than expected. Speed is really good. So 
I don't think they're falling out of it. So maybe Seattle and Vegas flip-flop or they stay the same. I like Minnesota. I picked them to make the playoffs. Uh, I didn't pick Winnipeg. Uh, I knew they were getting a new coach, and I, you know, and I, I knew that it would be like a new sheriff in town. But I got to tell you, there's still been some games where the old Winnipeg Jets pop out and bonus um, against the Flyers, really just shoot them a new one uh, right out on a timeout in the second period. They didn't win that game, and they got shut out. So it was kind of like a little warning sign, like, hey, things are going good, but there's they didn't really change personnel. They just changed the coach. And so you never know how that's going to go um, down the stretch. But, you know, if the Kings were to fall out of it, maybe that's the chance for Calgary. Uh, that's probably the one thing that I can see happen that wouldn't be shocking. And then, you know, if somehow Nashville or St. Louis got hot, yeah, they could get in it. And then I'm not sure who falls out. I don't think it'll be Edmonton. I think they're better than um, – not better. Well, last year they had a good year, right? They made it to the conference sure. final. But I think they're, you know, on par with that. Uh, you know, Jack Campbell seems to be better lately. His start, he started off horribly, and I supported that pickup, and I, I was getting killed for a while on that. I think now it's sort of getting a little better, looks a little better. Sure. Uh, and they'll make a move to deadline. And, yeah, I think I think right now, Minnesota, I think Minnesota will do, if they can do anything, they'll do it at the deadline. But they already did some things in season that I think have helped them, and I think they have just enough to get there. I got to tell you, like, I watched Mark andre Fleury a week ago, and he looked great. Like, he's really just holding it off as far as um, father time. Yeah. Uh, he, he's really – he and, you know, as you know, there are times where he can look really bad in yes. some games now, being an older goalie, but then there's other times where he can really get it together and make these amazing saves. And so I – I, I can't count them or him out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we're looking at a really good stretch run. Uh, we're past the half point in the season, which always bugs me that we're at the All-Star game, but yet, you know, we're past that. So, we're well uh, past, yeah, definitely. And I, I actually think Calgary is going to pass the, the Kings. I think that that's inevitable, that Calgary is going to get their act together enough to be able to make it in there. The one thing I want to ask you about here, something that's been key to Dallas being – the best team in the West, at least uh, as we tape this now. Uh, the Jason Robertson emergence this year uh, as, as one of, uh, by far, the top players in the league. Uh, is yeah. this one of these things where, you know, you, you think he's on schedule for a young player uh, with, with, with his skill level, or is a little bit of this kind of him playing a little bit above his head for where he's at at this uh, young stage in his career? Nope, he's on schedule. He's a guy that I, I really liked at the draft, and, had a high hopes for him and made him a first round talent as far as my rankings. And I just, I guess, um, he slipped because his speed wasn't there and his accuracy and maybe some questions, his training. Could he, you know, become elite by doing that? Because he had a great shot and he was a big guy. And now he's put it all together. And so there's very few guys like Jason Robertson in the league, but he could, he could drive play and he could really, um, hum it as far as a, uh, a wrist shot. So no, I I think he's a big reason that Dallas is still there. Um, you know the Lungfish trade was good for them. They needed a defenseman in the worst way. They got it. They're not missing Klingberg at all. Right. They Klingberg. I think Klingberg um, made a miscalculation there. Uh, yeah, he got more money in Anaheim, but you know he's going to get traded again. So I'm not sure that was a great move for him. So yeah, I think you know Dallas is always this weird team. Like I don't think they're um, as big a threat as maybe their record says they should be. I love Jake Ottinger. 
still don't love their defense core, though, as far as playing actual defense. Right. And, you know, Jamie Benz had a resurgence, and Sagan's actually pretty good still. Yeah. Even after double hip surgery, he's got it back. So there's, there's some really good things to like there. But, again, I don't know. I think if Colorado gets on track, if Edmonton gets hot, I still think they're in a little bit of trouble that way. Yeah, I would agree. And as far as it goes with Klingberg, I mean, one of the things is, uh, you know, as far as being on a team that's that bad, it's the guilt by association. His plus minus, there ain't enough bleach in the world to get rid of that skid mark, Russ Cohen. No, I mean, no, there's not. I mean, it's, but he does have talent. He's not ever had really defensive talent, but he has a lot of offensive talent. Yes. And, and puck possession skills. And so somebody's going to get him. You know, it wouldn't shock me. If someone like Washington got him uh, quickly simply because the Islanders made a big move and, you know, the Metro is so tight. If, if I were um, Washington, I would try and do that because Anaheim probably trade him any minute. They wouldn't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as down as they are at this point. But, uh, you know, looking at it here, uh, my preseason uh, picks of uh, Carolina over Colorado in the finals. I, I'm actually going to stay with that at this point here. I'm not seeing a compelling yeah. reason to differentiate from that. I do think, obviously, uh, Boston and Carolina, should it come to that, uh, would be an absolutely elite uh, series there. But uh, I'm going to stay on Carolina over Colorado in the in the final. Has there been anything since the beginning of the year that would kind of change your perspective on what the final would look like? No, I think, like, Carolina still, you look at them and say, hmm, I, I, I know they probably need a little more scoring, and I um, have reported they were in on Bohor about that they, you know, obviously they want to give up as much. They're, they're going to get somebody to help with that. But I think the Brent Burns signing was massive for them. And uh, I wrote something on Sportsology. I had a chance to interview Burns during the summer, and I could tell that this was going to be like a new life for him uh, since he was playing on a, you know, stagnant team in, in San Jose. And it really has added another element to their blue line, and especially just from a um, physical, skating, little bit of an offensive threat uh, potential that, you know, they didn't have in a lot of their defensemen. So I think that's helped them a lot. Right. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm never trusting a Freddie Anderson in the playoffs, but I think they might have enough that he can squeak by. Well, and that's the whole thing, too, and it goes back to what you said about Nashville previously, that, uh, you know, they have a situation there where there are a few places in the league better at protecting a goalie and having a good defensive system there than Nashville. They've always got right. one of the stoutest blue lines anywhere, and I agree with you, Carolina, I think they can kind of protect him and, and basically get the best version of him. I think that's very possible, and uh, to an extent, that's what Colorado did a year ago in winning the Cup was you know, oh, sort yeah. of running the same kind of a system and elevating a guy like that. Like a guy that I, I love in my heart of hearts as much as I do, Chris Osgood, sort of reminiscent of that, right? I mean, Ozzy yeah. wasn't winning us any of the cups, but he could be protected enough to get us in that kind of position. And I think Carolina's yeah. in the same spot. You know, make the timely save, whatever. Yep. Um, I actually thought Kochekov could run out the year here, and that was one of the reasons I picked Carolina. You know, he hit a bump in the road, and Anderson got healthy, so now... Um, my pick rides on Freddie Anderson, which is kind of ironic because I've killed <laughs> Freddie over the years in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out for me. Yeah. Well, I'm, not cha- I'm not changing my pick. Going to be interesting. And, of course, uh, Carolina in a couple weeks going to have another one of the stadium series games coming up. So Yeah, that's going to be a big one. I'm going to watch that. Um, that one, there's a lot of fan interest in. Carolina fans, 
Nashville fans, right? It's Carolina Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh, they're two really good fan bases and they're waiting to get their teams in these. So yes. that's a, you know, that's a big deal. And I, uh, I really want to see it. I know tickets have gotten pretty scarce pretty quick. Okay. So that's good. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out in that part of the world. But um, as we watch, Carolina just gets a goal and they're up on the Kings. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the Kings are already starting to slip um, right before our eyes. We called it. We called it in real time, but uh, as we always do. Uh, but uh, any uh, any other thoughts on what we've seen thus far this season and heading down the stretch, Russ? Uh, you know, it is. It's, oh, by the way, I, it's Carolina, Washington. Oh, I don't know okay. why I said that. That's right. I remember seeing those Washington um, Stadium Series jerseys. That's right. Yeah. Now I think right now um, things are pretty pretty good. I I really have liked this season. Uh, I think there are three or four dangerous teams. I think if the Rangers make the right moves, they can be dangerous. And I don't mean Patrick Kane. I'm not a big proponent of that, but they still might do it. Mm-hmm. Um, only because they'd have to give up so much if he's playing on either a. Uh, bum hip or bum knee and you can see his numbers aren't quite the same and his even his skating is not quite the same so but we'll see i mean there's there's definitely um haves and have nots i mean there are teams that the minute we get back they're they're pretty much out of it but i would have to say at least there's a few more alive this year than last year i think last year was sewn up pretty early in the uh in the east at least in the metro yeah i don't you know so I, i think there's a little bit more mystique there so no I'm, I'm pretty happy with things i mean we'll see how the all-star game goes uh i wasn't thrilled to hear that mcdavid doesn't want to do a uh, fastest skater it's like why i mean why can't right. you see if somebody can beat you or not but right. he's kind of like well i did it already so that's it <laughs> it's like how nobody wants to do the slam dunk thing anymore every year. I know. come on it's annoying. let's get the best ones in there i agree with you on that and that would be uh, tremendous if, if he would uh, consent to that in the end. But, uh, He's but yeah. not going to. Yeah, you're probably right. It's a pipe dream. But uh, all-star festivities this weekend here as we're taping this, and then we come back for the stretch run, and uh, we will catch up with you again, Russ, hopefully the start of the uh, playoffs as we generally do. Always appreciate your time, buddy. Russ Cohen of Sportsology, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Yeah, always, always fun. Great to have you here, bud, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini, episode 1583.